daylight saving time is over. And if you're not feeling bright-eyed and bushy-tailed from that extra hour of sleep, which some of us got, you could be responding to the dwindling hours of sunlight. Kind of like Ilana from the hit Comedy Central show, Broad City. Thank science for sad lamps. Why don't they just call them happy lamps? Because, like, sad lamps sound so... Sad. Oh, it's not like sad. It stands for seasonal affective disorder, which indicates the annual cycle of depression that I and others like me experience every winter, all winter. Does this sound like what you go through when the hours of sunlight get shorter and the temperatures drop? If so, we do want to hear from you. Call us now at 866-915-WBEZ. Again, that number is 866-915-WBEZ. How does seasonal affective disorder, known as SAD, affect your life and how do you manage it? Well, here to tell us more about SAD is Ginny Christerna, psychotherapist with International High Achievers. Welcome back. Thank you, Good Sasha. to meet it's you. It's so good to be back in the studio, right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, we are now officially out of daylight saving time, Ginny. We are. Womp womp. How do you see this shift affecting folks? Well, um, it started affecting folks already. It doesn't have to be daylight savings time for that sad to come into um, one's life. So as soon as the seasons change, if you will, there's something about our circadian rhythms that will actually start adapting, regardless of whether or not we lose or gain an hour. And what people don't realize is that seasonal affective disorder can happen not only in the fall and winter seasons, but also in the spring. It's when your um, your sadness mm-hmm. right, changes with the season. And so with, since we're in fall and going into winter, we're going to talk about that. Um, so absolutely, it started happening, I would say, for my patients maybe about a month ago. So well before... Yeah. Two days ago. So does it affect you? I'm curious. No, actually, I'm just naturally chipper. You are? (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of the same way. Um, And people are stunned by the fact that I don't drink coffee, right, to help with that that chipperness. I'm like, no, this is just natural. But that's not the same for a a lot of people, right? Um, I also find it interesting that you say it's not just this time of year. It's not just fall and winter. Because I wondered about folks who live in places with with summer climates year round, mm-hmm. right? With warmer climates year round, whether they were also affected by SAD, or if it was just people who live in places like Chicago. Sure. So it depends, Sasha. So for those individuals who are more prone to seasonal affective disorder in the fall and winter months, when they move south to nicer places where it's warmer and there's um, a lot more sunshine then yes, they do see a reduction in symptomology and they do see a reduction um, in whether or not they do get seasonal affective disorder over time. But one of the things that is really important to note is that um, there is seasonal affective disorder even um, in the springtime regardless of where you live. And that does uh, get impacted by whether or not there's depression, underlying depression. Back in the day, we called it dysthymia. Now it's persistent depressive disorder. And so those symptoms might get exacerbated or if there's a history of bipolar disorder um, as well. So there's a number of things that go into it, but vitamin D and sunshine definitely help stave off symptoms and Mm -hmm. intensity. So help us understand SAD. You just kind of rhymed through some different types of uh, depression there. What are some of the symptoms of SAD and how do they differ from the symptoms that we do see in other types of depression? Sure. So keep in mind that seasonal affective disorder, you'll see and feel those whenever the seasons change. So you'll feel it more. Yeah. 
Okay, so there's just an increase in that. And because there's seasonal affective disorder in the springtime and in the wintertime, those symptoms are going to look different. So believe it or not, this helps um, people understand what that weight loss and gain is. So I'm going to explain it to you. In the springtime, seasonal affective disorder can present as weight loss increase in irritability and agitation because now you have energy, you want to go out and you do stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Seasonal affective disorder, for example, in the fall and winter time can result in weight gain, the sadness, the loss in pleasure because there's not as much sunshine, you're not out doing as much um, out in nature. Interesting. So that's, that's one of those things when people tell me, oh, in the, in the springtime I'm great, I go out and I lose all this weight and then I gain it all back in the fall and winter. I see. Mm -hmm. And right now we're going through a tumultuous time. You know, we've got a midterm election tomorrow, Mm -hmm. Jenny. The stress of inflation looming over our heads. The holiday season's coming up. How can we know if what we are experiencing is sad? And it's not just the fact that we are overwhelmed by the current state of all the things. Sure. And that's a fabulous question, Sasha. So I want to make sure I clarify something. You want to not diagnose yourself, yeah. right? Because if we do, we have every got known disease under the sun. We want to go to a therapist. We want to have a therapist really assess where we are and what's happening, what are contributing factors in our lives, because each person is different. So generally speaking, stress is a part of what can make us sad, literally and figuratively, right? Yeah. This is actually happening to me. It's overwhelming. It's heavy for me. I don't know what to do. And now I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling sad and I'm feeling stuck. But once we get stuck, that's when we know, okay, we're in something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talking about the time change, Jenny, Congress has uh, discussed getting rid of changing the clocks. Um, in the future, we could move to this permanent daylight saving time or permanent standard time. Some sleep experts, they they support the permanent standard time because that would make evenings darker. Could you maybe explain why sleep patterns can have such a big impact on our mental health? Sure. So your circadian rhythm is based on, you know, when is it nighttime? When is it daytime? And so the longer the days, right, the nicer our sleep patterns become unless you're not used to sleeping as long because you might oversleep in the fall. Yeah. Right. You might not sleep as long in the spring and the summer times because it's daylight daylight outside. So you want to get out and you want to do You're something. You're busier. Yeah. Right. And it's daylight. So I'm supposed to be up. When it gets darker, right? We kind of go into this hibernation mode. We we don't do as much. So it doesn't necessarily um, the hour isn't significant enough to make that kind of an impact because the days are just going to get shorter anyway. It, it, what it seems like what people are trying to do is have some consistency, and that's what this really comes down to. What's consistent? Because if our bodies can't get into a consistent rhythm, it's going to be hard to switch it back and forth. Think about it like a car um, on the highway where that stop and go, stop and go. Right. It'll flow and then you're going well and then it'll stop versus maybe a 294. Right. Where it's a nice, easy, you know, commute depending on when. Right. Mm -hmm. So we don't want that stop and start on our bodies when it comes to sleep. We want to be able to ease into a rhythm and maintain that. And and when you're going through certain symptoms of seasonal affective disorder, especially in the fall and fall and winter, as we're focused in today's conversations, why is it important, Jenny, to not ignore or try to minimize what you're dealing with. This is a wonderful question because if there is something else going on, we won't be able to catch it. Mm -hmm. 
right? A lot of times what people will do is say, oh, I always get sad around this time of the year. And then they'll write it off. And then they won't address the underlying issues, right, that have been there longer, which is maybe grief or loss, especially of loved ones during the holidays or an empty nester, right? Things that are more anniversary oriented, even if the person hasn't transitioned at the holiday, Mm -hmm. it's the fact that they're missing. Yeah. Right. Memories, things that we um, may not have in our lives right now, but are very, very present in our emotional memory and our feeling memory in our body that gets triggered around Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like it's triggered around Christmas. Right. So here we're talking about seasonal affective disorder being triggered or intensified by real life situations and real life loss. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And if you're just tuning in, we're talking about seasonal affective disorder or SAD and how to spot the symptoms with Ginny Christerna, who's a psychotherapist with International High Achievers. You have said, Ginny, that um, depression is normal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What do you mean by that? Well, there are real depressions, right, where if we've lost a loved one, we've lost a job, something that has moved us to lose something very important to us. That's a real depression. We have a reason to be sad. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's a healthy response to a very um, significant loss. It's when we get stuck in that depression, when we can't move through it Mm -hmm. so we can come out the other side. A lot of times what will happen is the depression will scare us. Like we'll feel really sad, but we are afraid of letting go because of what it might mean for us. It might mean that we didn't care. Mm. Right. So we hold on to the pain to remind ourselves of how much we love. As if we think that there's a time frame. Well, right. As if I let it go. If I let it go, then that means I didn't care. Or I let it go too quickly. Exactly. Right. Right. But sometimes people can't let it go at all. And the times that come back to them are during the holiday times in the fall when they're in the house surrounded by memories. Mm -hmm. Is sad something that folks can manage on their own? You can, depending on the intensity and the symptoms, right? So you can do light therapy. Most people who have sat are familiar with the light boxes, right, where you need that extra um, light to to, to, to get you um, back to your normal, whatever For those that who is. aren't familiar, what, what is the light box? The light box is um, a, a, a box, or you can use uh, daylight light bulbs. It's called light daylight uh, bulbs, if you will, or mm-hmm. light sticks. And you just put them in your home, and it creates the feeling of actual being outside in the sunlight. Or that's when people start to boost up their vitamin D based on what their doctor is recommending. I see. Vitamin D is really, really important, and we get that from the sunlight. So if in the fall and winter we're not out as much and the sun is not around as long because the days are shorter, we're going to miss out on that. So what is the right time then to seek therapy? The right time to seek therapy is before you need it because you don't want to find a therapist while you're in a crisis. And that's when you get to the point where you realize, I'm having trouble getting through. Or you know, this is a pattern for me. I know around this time I feel sad, so let me start looking for someone so I'm not rushing to find someone and take whomever I can get. Yeah. So today, you know, it's a pretty sunny day. Mm -hmm. Wednesday is expected to get into the high 60s. Um, but we will see a huge drop in temperatures at the end of the week. I think by the weekend, it will be in the 30s for sure. What do you say to folks who might be thinking, I'm just going to deal with this when it gets a little bit colder and gray? Is there a benefit to planning ahead now? Absolutely, because a lot of therapists since COVID uh, are booked. They don't have any openings Um, we don't, in my practice, we don't do that. We just don't take everybody. We only take people that we can help 
but we, we're still booked. So trying to get in when you're ready is probably going to be very challenging. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure you find somebody now because to get a first appointment can take you up to six weeks at some places. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that makes it tough. Yeah. And when I think about my situation, it's not just the lack of sunlight that makes things difficult. Um, it's, it's just that cold weather for mm-hmm. me and the early darkness. I, I feel like it just completely changes my routine uh, at this time of year. And though I consider myself a person who can manage it pretty well, um, I wouldn't self-diagnose you know, that I have SAD or that I, I suffer from seasonal affective um, disorder, but I'm less inclined to have a social life, right? Yeah. So I, I, I withdraw and um, I don't think that I'm alone in that. You're not. That's a natural thing to do when yeah. it gets dark. I'm getting ready for bed, right? I'm like, you know? if, if it's not <laughs> happening before 7 p.m., don't call me. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. probably not coming mm-hmm. or if it's not something that I can do immediately after work <laughs> where I'm heading, I'm already heading there, but don't ask me to like go home and then like get settled and eat dinner and then get dressed to go out somewhere else. Exactly. Probably not going to happen. And that's a human behavior thing. That's our circadian rhythm. That is our, okay, it's getting dark. I, I want to relax and, you know, I want to go in and I want to snuggle. I mean, there's something beautiful about fall and winter where you want to be warmed and wrapped up. Yeah. Right. And understanding this is why you go to a therapist to get that diagnosed properly. Because sometimes I have a number of patients, they don't have seasonal affective disorder, but they love to actually have a reason to go home and swaddle themselves and be around their friends and their families or just learn how to be with themselves in a healthy way. Yeah. So it's not always a Is bad that just thing. A, an introvert? Perhaps. Or? No, that is us finally getting some me time sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is, I've had a long day and it's time to settle down. And I have a good reason now. <laughs> right. So can people be intentional or should they be intentional about staying social, staying socially engaged during those colder months? Absolutely. You should be just as intentional about staying engaged, if not more so in the winter and well, fall and winter seasons as you are in the spring and summer. And I'm going to tell you why because it allows you to have that contact with others that keeps the depression or that heaviness from getting um, too heavy and for you for it to creep up on you and you getting stuck in that. Yeah. And plus, it's good to still have contact with other people because we're human. We're social creatures, right? Even if it's not in person, doing now. We have FaceTime and we have Zoom. Yeah. Hey, how are you? Texting and just, you know, chatting on the phone. Just understanding it's not going to be as much. But if you can plan it in advance, this is what I would like to do in the winter time, this is how I would like to pour into myself. Yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah, and, and if you are into doing the in-person things, you've got book clubs. I see folks doing a lot of book clubs these days, and um, dinner clubs. Absolutely, and this is where you invite your 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 people that you really like. You know, hey. Let's come over. Let's get together. Let's have some wine, right? It doesn't have to be fancy, but it doesn't have to be big. This is where quality relationships can be developed and be enhanced. Whereas in the spring and the summer, it's everybody we're going out. And the fall and winter can be a time for us to get closer and connect at a deeper level. This is Reset, and I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just joining us, we're talking about SAD, or Seasonal Affective Disorder, a type of depression that affects an estimated 10 million Americans. Some studies show that trying something new can actually give us a dopamine kick and a feeling of reward, which can help people cope with SAD. So if you want to take on a new craft or home improvement project, 
now might be the time to give it a try. We're joined now by Eleanor Ray, executive director and founder of The Waste Shed, where you can find art and craft supplies that'll fit your budget. Welcome to the show, Eleanor. Thanks for having me. Jenny Christerna, psychotherapist with International High Achievers, is still with us. Jenny, I'm going to throw it to you first because I'd love for you to explain to our listeners the emotional benefits of trying something new. Well, contrary to what some people might think, you get to challenge yourself. And it's in that challenge that you can become very curious and realize all that you can do in a healthy way and push yourself to want to learn more. And it feels really good when we've done something, especially when it's a new thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I never thought I would have done that. But they did. And so it's this wonderful rush that we get. Um, and it does give us a boost, not just to our self-esteem, but um, to our serotonin level. So, yeah. 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 You know, picking up a new project or for me, I think early in the pandemic when things felt very dark, mm -hmm. um, for me, it was just picking up something I hadn't done in a long time. Like I think a lot of people did this, the coloring, right? We all got the coloring books or we all started to crochet again <laughs> or cross-stitch. Um, but tell us about the Waste Shed, Eleanor. What, what do you offer and, and how exactly does it work? Uh, yeah, so the Waste Shed is a nonprofit creative reuse center. So we take donations of reusable art materials, school supplies, um, kind of things that are useful for making and teaching in general. Um, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, and I think, uh, and we resell them at, at low cost and have uh, free materials for teachers um, and um, are just generally interested in diverting materials from the landfill and uh, being an affordable resource for the community. And for people who haven't been, can you describe the space for us? Uh, sure. It is currently very full. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Um, we take in about 4,000 pounds of materials, three to 4,000 pounds of materials a month, um, uh, at our two locations in uh, Humboldt Park uh, on the west side and then in West Evanston. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's full of, uh, you know, stamps and uh, art paper and, uh, you know, canvases that have been painted that could be repainted, mm -hmm. um, you know, yarn. We get an incredible fabric. Oh. Um, you know, miscellaneous people's you know, sculptures that they've abandoned or uh, people's, you know, uh, vintage magazines. Oh, wow. Yeah. It so runs the gamut, it sounds it's a, like. It's a pretty broad range. Yeah. So so then tell us more about the kinds of projects then that, that folks are tackling when they come to the watershed, because I'm hearing, you know, action figures even mm -hmm. <laughs> are getting made there and uh, taxidermy projects. Yeah. Uh, well, I think just about anyone who's interested in making creative projects in Chicago f finds us eventually because, you know, we're uh, one of the few affordable resources for uh, creative enterprises. And also you just – the it is just more miscellaneous and more kind of inspiring, I think, than a lot of sort of standard art and craft supply stores because um, you're working with something that kind of already exists and has sort of a history to it potentially. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think we've uh, – and – yeah, so people are, you know, come to us with an amazing range of projects that they're working on. And yeah. They, uh, it's really uh, a really fun part of being involved with the store is just, like, talking to people about what they're doing. Because, yeah, it could be anything from, you know, um, yeah, like making your own uh, action figures to, uh, you know, somebody came in who was making, uh, like, empanada presses out of the scrap wood from her daughter's construction really? business and, like, painting them. Um, so it's just, it's really, uh, it's all over the place. Um, but we definitely have been, I would say, um, an, in, an informal resource for mental health 
uh, for the city of Chicago for a pretty long time um, for, you know, people who are uh, maybe don't have access to, uh, con- you know, conventional um, mental health resources yeah. and are doing sort of self-art And was that the goal on your part? Uh, or did are, it sort of just happen that way? There are a lot of goals. <laughs> and it turns out that, you know, it's one of those things that it uh, it's, I mean, I would say that, like, my creative practice has been really, uh, you know, important to me for, like, my just general well-being and sort of sense of self. Um, it's definitely a lot of, uh, you know, what, what gets me through the winter. Um, but I think uh, just, you know, reducing barriers to access for creative yeah. projects is sort of what we're all about. And um, that's uh, – it's benefited a lot of people because people yeah. need it. Makes sense. Are you doing projects like what Eleanor's just described to help you get through the winter blues? Uh, we got a comment from Holly who called us from Lincoln Square. She says, I put a skylight in my kitchen so that daylight is streaming inside the house in a space a lot of the time. So uh, thank you for sharing that, Holly. And, and it sounds very similar to what you were talking about earlier, Ginny. Yeah. And, and that light the, box. Yeah. And if for, for those who suffer from seasonal affective disorder um, in the fall and winter, what they do is they switch out their light bulbs. And yeah. They put in the daylight light bulbs. And one of the things that I love that Eleanor was talking about is immersing ourselves into these creative projects and that you were sharing as well. It brings us out of our own uh, darkness, right? Yeah. It takes that energy and it places it into something that we can see, touch, and feel outside of us. And oh, I created this thing, so I'm just completely fascinated. And I'm so glad that you guys are around because you're right. There's not a lot in Chicago that does what you do. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to hear about this. This is fantastic. Our uh, Lisa Lobb is here at WBEZ says, I have to get outside for a little while most days, no matter how cold or lousy the weather. So going outside for, for walks, right, that, that can be really important. Anything that you can do to break the energy. Right. When you're feeling that heaviness, you have to get up and move. You have to get up and do something. Creating something is one of the most amazing things you can do. Yeah. But break that energy. When you're getting heavy, don't sit there. Get up and do something. Clean. Organize. Create something beautiful from something that's already here. Yeah. Do something. Don't just sit there. And Eleanor, you talked about uh, offering these uh, projects at at a low cost for Mm -hmm. folks, right? Right now, inflation is very big. Yeah on people's minds. Um, and it just might be out of reach for some folks to take on a new craft hobby, right? So what kinds of prices realistically can folks expect at the Waste Shed? Uh, yeah. So we base our prices on uh, basically a quarter to a half of the new cost. So, you know, it's a lot of, we look it up on Amazon and we price it at half of that more or less. Um, uh, depending on, you know, how used it is, how old it is. Yeah, um, but so definitely discounted. It is steeply discounted, um, and uh, we tend to try and make sort of, um, you know, m- materials that are more standard to sort of craft materials like your, you know, things you would find at in the, you know, the dollar store or whatever are even more discounted, so they're, um, you know, super accessible. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, and, the, and we also just, you know, my staff knows a lot about, projects and making projects for cheap and what you can do with like existing materials that you already have. Um, so we're not even, so maybe you come in and you don't necessarily know what you, I've, I've got this thing. I don't know what I can do with it. Right. And yeah. your staff can sort of help you make it into something special. Yeah, exactly. You're like, Oh, I need a bone folder. Cause I'm making, you know, uh, 
making artist books. And you're like, ah, do you really need that? You could use the bottom of a nail polish bottle if you have one. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we just have a lot of, we're all, we're all cheap. uh, And we have a lot of hacks. um, And we love talking about what you're working on and kind of helping you uh, sort of make your vision happen. Ginny, this makes me think about the fact that we sometimes start things and we don't finish them. Is starting these these projects enough, or um, do you think people actually do need to complete them to to feel that maybe that fulfillment? Sure. Well, unless we start something, we can't be challenged to complete it. So starting is always good. And what we can do, kind of like what you were talking about, is we can go back to those projects, right? But that challenge is about, hey, let me finish this, not for the project itself, but for me. This is something I want to do for me, right, as opposed to being um, externally focused and externally motivated. We're going to be externally focused but internally motivated to do it for ourselves. And that contributes to the reduction of a lot of those symptoms that we talk about. I did this for me. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care who it impresses. This was mine, and I created it, and I'm going to challenge myself to do it differently or better or whatever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just start. Yeah. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking about how to manage seasonal affective disorder or SAD. One strategy that's been demonstrated to help is trying something new. So we are talking with Eleanor Ray from the Waste Shed. That's a store where people can find affordable materials for crafting and home projects. And we're also talking with psychotherapist Ginny Christerna about the symptoms of SAD and other ways that you can overcome them. Eleanor, in Chicago, sometimes it can feel like drinking culture is dominant during the wintertime. Mm-hmm. What do you suggest to folks who um, maybe they want to get their friends to come out and do some crafts with them? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, yeah, definitely have, you know, basing your, you know, get togethers around like a creative activity where you're sort of like occupied and you're um, and you're kind of, you know, talking to each other and uh, and learning something, you know, uh, like I think that's yeah, that is a lot more can be a lot healthier than, you know, the sort of let's go out to a bar um, format, which is... Which is so Which is pretty common. common which is pretty common. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Let's so, go get a drink. Yeah, exactly. How many times have we all heard that? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Um, we also... Uh, so we do have volunteering. Um, like, we have a volunteer program at the store, and we do um, some, like, evening programs, too. So we have, like, volunteer nights where people can cool. come in and... Uh, often just help us get through materials because we get all kinds of stuff donated and uh, it's, you know, a lot of, it's a lot of labor to like sort stuff out and figure out what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a pretty great uh, regular group of volunteers who are just like really just fun folks. Um, And it's a nice way to just kind of hang out and meet some people and like, you know, see some objects that you've never seen before and, uh, you know, just get to know other people in the neighborhood. Um, so that's been uh, a really positive thing for, um, yeah. for a lot of folks, I think. And, and as we talked about, Ginny, we do spend more time inside, right, dur- during the winter. That is also why many experts are recommending that you declutter yep. your home space. How can that be helpful? Well, for one, you're in it, so you don't have to go far. Yeah. Right? So you're completely located. But then the other thing, too, Sasha, that's really cool about that is whenever we declutter, we break up the energy around that, right? So if you have junk mail, just going in and seeing, you know, piles of things or just clusters of things, it's holding energy, heavy energy, because Mm -hmm. we walk in and now the house or the room feels heavy. But when we declutter, there's not as much there and we feel lighter, right? Yeah. Everyone who's decluttered something goes, I feel so much better. 
it, the challenge is, of course, keeping it up, right? Yes. But when we go in and we move things around and we get rid of the things that no longer serve us or that we don't use and we donate them, you know, to, you know, the right. waste shed. The waste shed can right. help with, with your decluttering <laughs> project, right, Eleanor? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we sort of like to think of ourselves as kind of a collective supply closet so that, you know, if you have something that you've been holding on to because you don't want to throw it away, um, you can sort of bring it in and donate it. And then if you're like, you know, six months later, you're like, oh, I really wish I had that thing. You can like go back and, you know, odds are we'll have something similar to it for, you know, half the price. So you basically just paid the cost of us storing it for you. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of that's sort of the model. Obviously, it's, you know, imperfect because our uh, our um, inventory varies a lot. But we yeah. do have a lot of things. And, um, you know, in, rather than sort of every person having their own individual cash of every single thing that they could possibly need. Um, we're taking a sort of more collective um, approach to it. Um, that said, we are currently taking pretty limited donations because we are getting... Um, You're full. <laughs> well, we're full. Uh, and we are also getting displaced from our our Humboldt Park location. Oh, no. Yeah, in uh, December. So they're turning the building into condos, you know, like you do. Um, wow. Where are you going to go? Uh, well, we are currently, uh, in, we're looking for a spot. We've got a, we've got a pretty good one that we're closing in on, um, but we are raising funds, um, to move into it because it is a bigger space, which is really exciting. We'll be able to do more programs and workshops. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be a really good thing for us, but, uh, eventually, but it is, uh, Right now it's you're little, in transition. It's a little stressful. Um, you know, we've been in that space for five and a half years and we, you know, yeah. love the neighborhood and everyone, you know, in the area. Um, so it's, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a tough couple of months. So we're cutting back on what we're taking now to a pretty limited list. Um, but if, you know, fingers crossed, uh, mid January, we will be so ready for all of yes. your. New Year's resolution uh, cleanouts. I love so, that. Yeah. I'm going to give you the last word, Ginny, before we wrap here. Give us just final tips for, for how to keep our moods and just motivation steady throughout the year. Sure. Consistency. Find one thing that is easy for you to do that you don't have to think about and make sure you do that every day. The second thing is don't just sit there. If it feels heavy, get up and move. And I don't care if you move to the kitchen and you just walk back and forth from the kitchen to the bedroom or to the living room. Just get up and move. Go outside. Get your mail. Go outside. Walk to your car. Come back. Just get up and move. Break the energy. Last but not least, do something. Do something creative, whether it's decluttering, which I love, going to the waste yet, of course, starting in January for sure, right? <laughs> Making sure you do something for you. Do something that will make you feel good about being in the space you're in, about being in the body that you're in. Whether that's working out at the gym, doing some squats at home, just do something for you. Yeah, I love that. Jenny Christerna is a psychotherapist with International High Achievers, and Eleanor Ray is the founder of The Waste Shed. Thank you both. Yeah, oh, thanks so thanks much, Sasha. For